Good afternoon. Last week, um, Pastor Ollie started our series uh, talking about hope coming from a stable, hope from a stable. He mentioned not despising the small things that God's doing in your life. You know, the smallest startup started in a stable and became the biggest thing in history. And tonight, I'm going to talk about hope from a song. Shall we pray as we get into it? Father, I just ask that you just come and fill our hearts by your Holy Spirit now. And as Joel said earlier in the service, that you open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts, that we may hear, see, and feel what you're doing, Lord God. Speak to us, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So Pastor Ollie asked last week at the beginning of his sermon, what does the word hope mean to you? I'm a very simple person. I think about simple things. So when I think of hope, I think of going on a road trip, and especially in an unfamiliar territory. And when I don't know when there will be toilets, I will be busting. It was terrible living in Malaysia because anytime there was a traffic jam, which is like every five minutes, I'm busting. And um, the hope was always to see a toilet sign. And I want to tell you the story um, of some of my friends who went on a holiday to Beijing in December uh, one year. It was minus 16 degrees and there was very, very strong icy wind. And they were, um, in a, they were on a bus and they were traveling to their next destination. It was at night and they were busting. I would be too if I were them. They were busting. And the bus and the tour guide said, oh, don't worry. There's a petrol station ahead. And they got to the petrol station. The toilets were out of order. Can't use it. So they were like, okay, get back onto the bus. We'll go to the next lot of toilets. Next thing, next petrol station, it happened again. And they were going, they were like out of town. They didn't know when the not next toilet was going to be. I really would like to tell you that there was hope in this story, that there was a happy ending, but there was not. There was no hope. So the bus pulled over and they went to the bush. Minus 16 degrees. Icy, strong wind. Men and women went to the bush. I don't know if you feel the pain. Now, of course, there are more serious things than busting and needing to go to the toilet. There are, when, we, when it comes to hope, you know, we apply for jobs and we hope to get the jobs. Or maybe you like someone and you're hoping to get into a relationship with them. Or maybe there is something wrong with your body and you are going to the doctor to have it checked out to make, and you're hoping that nothing is seriously wrong with you. Let me ask you, what if the outcome was different from what we had hoped for. What if the outcome is different from what we hope? I'm going to look at um, a very familiar passage in Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read from the message version because it's not familiar to me. I don't usually read the message paraphrase. So let's go there. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 onwards. On the night that Jesus was born, There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. These sheep herders were shepherds, okay, shepherds. And they were camping nearby where Jesus was born. And they were ready to work. These shepherds, what what was their job? Their daily and nightly chores include grazing, 
watering the sheep, protecting them from human theft and animal predators, shearing the sheep at the right time, milking them for dairy products, providing them for ritual sacrifices at the temple, or human consumption during important feasts. Sometimes the shepherds and the sheep would actually spend the night in a cave nearby and um, you know, just away from the elements. And these caves are called stables. And stables are often dark, dirty, and smelly. So there have been dif- differing viewpoints about these shepherds. Some say that um, shepherds during Jesus' time were despised. And some say that, no, no, they weren't. They were an honorable um, occupation. And some believe that these particular shepherds um, that was mentioned in this passage only raised sheep for ritual sacrifices in the temple. So they were like holy sheep, okay? However, whatever the speculation, the one thing we know is this. It's not a very fancy job, okay? I'm pretty sure that sometimes the shepherd felt the grind and the boredom. They were just so ordinary, okay? Are you feeling the grind, the boredom, and just so ordinary? Do you sometimes ask, hmm, is this it? So this night, they were grinding on as usual, minding their own business. Suddenly, that's what the scripture says. Suddenly, God's angels stood among them. God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. Understatement. Okay? You would be terrified too. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everyone worldwide. A savior has just been born in David's town. A savior who is Messiah and master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. Now, the Jewish people had been politically oppressed for hundreds of years. They had very little rights. They were second-class citizens. They were mistreated. So God promised them a Messiah to come and save them. And they had been waiting for this Messiah to come for hundreds of years. The trouble is they kept sinning, kept sinning, kept doing what God told them not to do. So after a while, God just got fed up and stopped talking. 400 years of silence, no talking. God didn't speak to any prophets. It was, there was a prom- promised Messiah to rescue you, but no, no talking now. Talk about silent treatment. 400 years. Until tonight. As far as the shepherds were concerned, until tonight. What hope? They will be liberated after all. But this is quite different from what they expected. The verses mentioning a manger is actually what gave us a tradition that Jesus was born in a stable. Remember earlier I said stables are often caves and some are underground? And this is what a manger would look like during Jesus' time. There was a picture. All right, there you go. This is a stone-feeding trough for animals. That's a manger. Okay, so for the shepherds, this is so, so strange. All right, stables, manger, not even shepherds live in stables. They might stay there for the night, but they certainly don't live there and have a baby there, no way, right? 
So it was very strange to have a baby there, the Messiah in a manger. This is not royal. And why would the angel tell the shepherds and not some prophet or priest? There have been many speculations of why this is, but tonight I want to focus on this one thing, that God answered them in a different way than they had expected. Now let me ask you, is God answering you in a different way than you have expected? What have you been asking God for? Will you trust that his plan is better than yours? At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. First there was one angel, now there's a lot of angels. Now they're singing, glory to God in the heavenly heights, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. Now a musical, seriously? Imagine a flash mob happening when a serious announcement's being made. Pastor Steve, maybe. Imagine our head of elders, Dr. Andrew Fair, breaking into song as he makes the next elder announcement. And then the other elders join him. Imagine that. That's a bit weird, okay? Now, it may be weird, but every time angels sang in Scripture, they were praising and worshipping God. I am very sorry. For some of you, I am going to tell you something that you don't like to hear, and you, yeah, you'll probably be quite sad tonight, that um, for those of you who don't like music or singing, Christianity is a singing faith. Yes, worship is not just song. But in Scripture, there certainly is a lot of songs when it comes to praise and worship. The angels, King David, the psalmist, even Jesus, they all sang hymns praising God. As these words of praise and worship are sung, God is glorified. And something happens. Hope permeates the heart of the people. I imagine hope permeating the hearts of the shepherds because music is actually very powerful. And when music is coupled with God's truth, imagine how powerful that is. In 2004, that's a long time ago for some of you, it's like, wow, that's like ancient history. Um, in 2004, we had TV then, you know, in 2004, we had electricity. We, um, I, I was pregnant. And very sad, I went to the doctor when I was about eight weeks pregnant. It just happened to be my review date. And the doctor said, I'm very sorry, your pregnancy is not viable. In fact, you are in serious danger right now. You need surgery today or you will die. He said, you can go seek a second opinion, but you need surgery today. So when he said that, now I want you to know something about me. I'm a drama queen. I know it's very hard to believe that, but I am, okay? So I, um, anything, something bad happens, it's, <laughs> why, why, why me? Why? And then, it, yeah, then it's just drama. But when the doctor said that, somehow there was no drama in my mind. I started crying. I was very sad, but there was no, oh, you know, none of that. And I was just very calm in my mind. It was very clear, very calm. And I said, okay. In two hours, I was, 
um, I had the surgery. And when they went in, they opened me up, they went in and they said that I, he said, true enough, I had been bleeding internally. And they managed to catch it. You know, God is so good. It just happened to be my review date and they managed to save my life. And I remember through that day, I was lying in the hospital bed. I was just crying. It was just my body's response to losing my baby. It was just the most natural thing. I was just crying and crying and crying. But in my mind, I was completely calm. And I thought I'd finally lost my mind. <laughs> Good, you know, it's like, this is so not like me. And I didn't understand what was going on. Why was I like that? And um, I remember that night, in the middle of the night, asleep and suddenly I was jolted awake when I heard when the oceans rise and thunders roar I will soar with you above the storm father you are king over the floods I will be still know you are God And I understood what happened. That I was soaring above the storm. And that God was king over this craziness, this pain, this mess, and what had happened to me. And I will be still. And I was, which is not like me at all. And know that he was God. Hope permeated my heart that God was truly with me, that he is in this with me. And I realized that I didn't need to know the reason why this happened. As long as I know that he was with me, it was enough. I can go through anything. It was incredible. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. So how far did they run? Well, remember, we read earlier that they were camping in the neighborhood. So according to the historian Eusebius, it was about 1.6 kilometers. Even I can run that. <laughs> and my family chuckles. I don't run, <laughs> so no, I can't run that. But they were excited, really excited. Why? Is it because of the Messiah? He's finally here? Is it because they'll be finally liberated? Or because they felt so pumped that God chose them to tell this incredible news to? Or maybe they were just dying of curiosity to see this human baby in a manger. Or was it the Holy Spirit burning in their hearts, drawing them to Jesus, literally? We don't know, but we know that they were excited. Let me ask you one question. What happened to the sheep? Did they bring them? Who cares? All right, so seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child, all who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they'd been told. 
the shepherds were changed people. Can you see? They were no longer ordinary. They may have ordinary jobs, but they were no longer ordinary. When we meet Jesus, he gives us a purpose. When Gray met Jesus, when he did Alpha three years ago, he's got a purpose. Never wore any other shirts. Oh, except for the LCC shirts, the Launceston Conference Center shirts. It's either that or Alpha shirts, okay? He is full of purpose now. I found this purpose 25 years ago, and it has consumed my life, and I'm so glad it has. I want to tell everybody about Jesus. The shepherds says here, it says here, they told everybody they met, wow. I wonder if the shepherds didn't tell this story for the rest of their lives. Poor grandkids. Every day, have I told you? Yes, you have, Grandpa. Did they follow the news of Jesus as he started his ministry 30 years ago, stalking him from a distance, listening to his teaching, watching his miracles, getting more excited, see, 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 it's happening. Did they actually become Jesus' disciples? Did you know that Jesus had more than 100 disciples? He appointed 12 of them apostles, but Jesus had heaps of disciples. Could the shepherds be among them? Did they get disillusioned when Jesus was killed? Did they finally understand when Jesus was resurrected and uh, raised to life again and appeared to them? We don't know. But I think we can know that their lives were never the same again. Why? Because they have hope now. Hope. The Messiah is here. So one unsuspecting night, God came to a bunch of unsuspecting shepherds, had an angel announce a birth to his son, and then had a huge choir of angels sing, not to kings, not to rulers, not to scholars, but to a bunch of ordinary shepherds, bringing them hope, hope that God has not abandoned them. After 400 years of silence, I hope that never happens to me, 400 years of silence, he has not abandoned them. Let me ask you, do you feel that God has abandoned you? How long has he stayed silent? He has not abandoned you. That's your hope. Secondly, they found hope that God knows them. They matter to God. Sometimes we ask, why does it matter if I go to church? Why does it matter if I read my Bible or pray? Why does it matter if I live or die? It matters because you matter to God no matter how ordinary you feel. Many years, well, a few years ago, I was talking to two eight-year-old girls I told them about Jesus. I told them that um, God made them, God loved them, but they have sinned against God. I have sinned against God. That's why Jesus took our sin and died on the cross, suffered the punishment. If we believe in Jesus and what he has done, and we ask him, our sins are forgiven, and we are friends with God forever. And um, they cut me short there, and they asked So one of them asked me, do you mean to say that God knows who I am? I said, yes. And the other one asked me, and they are from Launceston, okay? These kids are from Launceston. The other one asked me, do you mean to say that 
God was there when I was born? And I said, yes. She said, I almost died when I was born. Maybe God was there to help me. I was like, yeah, he was. And then the other one said, do you mean that God is with me in my home? And I said, yes. Even in the toilet? Yes. (laughs) I found out later that this girl, her father was battling cancer at the time. So it mattered so much that God was in her home. And then the other one said, does God know my best friend's name? Yes. For these two little girls, it hit them for the first time that they matter to God. What about us? Have we forgotten the wonder of the fact that we matter to God, that you matter to God, that you matter to God? So that's our hope. Second hope that the shepherds found, that they matter to God. Thirdly, Hope that God is trustworthy. What he says, he will do. It says here, it turned out exactly the way they had been told. Whatever the angel said they would find, they found. So let me ask you, what has God said to you? Has he said that he will love you always? Has he said that he will always be there for you? Always? Has he said that he will forgive when you ask? Has he said that his word is true? Every single word. Has he said that he has a plan and purpose for your life? Has he said that he will guide you and lead you to fulfill that purpose? Has he said that he will give you peace? Has he said that he will give you... Um, He will provide your every need. Has he said that he will give you strength? He will empower you to be his witnesses? Has he said that he will resurrect you even when you die? And has he said that one day there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more death? Yes, he has. He has said it. What else has he said to you? Well, He will do it. That's our hope. Even if the outcome turns out different than we hope, we can trust that he has not abandoned us, that he knows us, and that he is trustworthy. I'd just like to invite you to close your eyes. Even if you're watching online, just close your eyes. Because God sees you there too. (laughs) I want you to think about what God has said to you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to just come. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray right now that you will stir up hope. I pray for hope to permeate every heart. Not wishful thinking, but hope 
in your word that is true. I pray for that hope to arise right now in our hearts. God, let faith arise that you have not abandoned us. May be silent, but you have not abandoned us. I pray for the hope that you know us, that you matter, that we matter to you to just arise right now within our hearts, that God sees each one of us. God sees the joy. He sees the pain. He sees the worry. He sees the sin. (laughs) And he extends forgiveness. He extends grace. He extends love unconditional love all we need to do is to run to the father again and again and again and again thank you Jesus and hope that you are trustworthy God, we can know that we can take a hold of the Bible. We can read those promises and your character, who you are, and know that it is true that we can trust every word. God, we can't conjure up and just be determined to believe. It doesn't work like that. I pray for your hope to permeate our hearts giving us faith to believe. Even when we doubt, Lord, teach us, help us to reach underneath, to find the faith beneath. Give us faith, I ask. I pray that you fill us with hope. Every time we see sheep or shepherd or the nativity, we'll be infused with hope. Some of you have asked God or yourself, why am I like this? And when God looks at you, he sees a wonderful child in need of him. So come to him. Let him make you clean again. Let him hold you and make you whole. We're going to be singing as we sing. Just cry out to the Lord and allow his hope to permeate your heart. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That you do everything. (laughs) All we need to do is respond. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.